This week on Poppery, we take a look at how and where and for how long Bill Cosby has touched you. In this episode, we'll love and learn and grow while asking the question, can you still remember something fondly even after you've found out its creator may have been, but probably was, some sort of serial predator monster? Welcome to a very special episode of the Poppery Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Rob Watkins. And I'm Brandon Hall. And we're coming at you once again from the 207C wing of the Liberal Arts Building in Pocatello, Idaho on the ISU campus. This week we're talking about The Cosby Show. Yeah, we are going to look into The Cosby Show. Now we started looking at things that we knew uh, maybe weren't so good. Mm -hmm. So we thought we would try to mix it up a little bit and look at something that well, we don't know how to feel about it. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to, it's, it's how tricky. to feel about it. So what was your experience with the Cosby show? It was on TV. When I was a kid, our main criteria for whether we were going to watch something or not was, is it on TV? <laughs> and if it was on TV, well, we watched it. So I watched the Cosby show in the mid-80s when it first launched. You know, everyone was watching it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to avoid. And I do enjoy shows that my whole family watched together when I was a kid. That's a fun memory. Yeah. But then the problem is that the Cosby show eventually went up against The Simpsons. There were other shows that I liked more than Cosby pretty mm-hmm. quickly into my experience. So I... Probably watched every episode of the first five or six seasons, but, you know, not not joyfully. Right. Not in, in a dedicated <laughs> way, but you? Mine was probably a little bit more joyful. My dad was a huge, I say was because of, you know, recent sure. things, huge Cosby fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved Bill Cosby. Listened to his stand-up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from when he was pretty young, it was one of his things. So we watched it pretty religiously, and he would laugh. Mm-hmm. He loved Bill Cosby and Bob Newhart. Well, sure, I can understand Bob Newhart. Yeah, I think the latter's aged better. And not just because of rape. Yeah, no, his comedy, as well as him, he has a he has a less stressful life. Yeah. No 60 ladies accused him of anything <laughs> except being pretty nice. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's made trickier because of something that we like to call here at the Poppery Podcast, uh-huh. the Cosby Problem. Mm-hmm. Fat-free jello pudding. Dessert is back, and it's fat-free. The Cosby problem is when a piece of art, regardless of being good or bad, is no longer able to be viewed objectively by any sort of criteria because of the horrific events done by the creators. Okay. Does that about sum it up? Is that what we think? I think that's what we think, yeah. In the 1680s, it used to be called the Milton problem. (laughs) (laughs) In the 1890s, it was the the Oscar Wilde problem. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, same basic idea. So I think what you're getting at is, yes, it is an old problem. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there are... uh, We could have probably done some research, (laughs) but there's probably (laughs) classical writers who who have faced the same problem 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. 25 thousand years ago five years ago 17 years ago getting a time yeah like all those like all the all the drawings all the grade school drawings that Kane did when he got home from grade mm-hmm. school yeah can't appreciate it you, can't, you know I remember actually Eve if I remember right in Genesis there's a line where Eve uh-huh. comments on how good Kane's artwork was <laughs> I think well that's, that, that's yeah and it was just really hard to enjoy him after 
That's true. Yeah. Well, he did, did. Didn't he play a flute or something? That sounds right. A flute. Some kind of thing. Or he at least liked flautas uh, at his local sure. Mexican uh, food truck. Yeah. Yeah. After or before the fall, whichever. Well, he kept eating them. They were uh, prelapsarian tacos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it's an old problem. It's an old, old phenom. But old uh, So we have a couple of questions to address here, and I think we can say it this way. Number one, does the Cosby Show hold up on its own merits? And is there any, Can we tell that? Watching the Cosby Show, or is there a way we can say, yes, it's, here's what's good about the show, here's what's not? And then second, what do you do with this whole Cosby problem? Because it's not just the Cosby. And so we'll look at some other folks that might fall into the same category. So, that's good. That Start with the show good. itself. Tell us what we watched. We watched episode 21 in season 7. Uh-huh. Weirdly titled <laughs> Nightmare on Stigwood Avenue. Yes, almost arbitrarily named that. Really. In fact, we looked at what videos were available on YouTube. You can watch this episode on YouTube. And uh, we were initially drawn to it because it sounded kind of like Halloween fun. Yes, remember. Like we discussed, it's almost Halloween. Yeah, remember yeah, that good callback. Yeah, yep. Halloween really, is Halloween's are coming. <laughs> that was a real brainstorm. Real flash. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that that was the catch. That's yeah, because you know what Nightmare on on Stigwood Avenue sounds like. What? Well, it sounds like this old eighties movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Porky's two. No, not Porky's two. Ghoul, ghoul, ghoulies two. Ghoulies, oh. ghoulies. How do you say that? Ghoulies. That's a. That's not a real question. Okay. Uh, you're right. Troll two. Troll two. Much better. Mm-hmm. No, obviously, uh, he, and that's the only nod. I was a little elliptical there. Nightmare on Elm Street gets a small nod when Cliff Huxtable wears a Freddy Krueger fedora. That's the only thing we that's could figure out. It, man. Yeah. That's and it. I don't even know. Maybe the writers wrote it as a joke to try to make fun of Bill Cosby's hat. Maybe. No, no. It seems just lazy, is what it seems like. But maybe yeah. the full context of the season is helpful. Maybe, which we don't have, or no, really. But all well. the other titles to the episodes that we've ever, that I've ever seen, or that we looked through, are all pretty. They're not very good. I, I mean, good well, isn't right, but they're 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 not important. Well, it's, uh, in fairness' sake. Prior to the ability to watch seasons streaming or on DVD, did titles matter? That's a good point. Did anyone? I mean, it was probably just something they used, right? Like they, a working title. They had titles in like a, the, when shows won Emmys, they won them by a show title. Okay. So they're somewhere, but yeah. All right, maybe it was. Some shows show the title of the episode. Yeah, that's true. Like Murder She Wrote. I was wondering. I knew I knew you were. Curious. I actually really was. <laughs> I'm like, I bet murder she wrote used them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the did. <laughs> Anyways, or the other, only other nightmare that could have been possible from this episode, which, by the way, speaking of lazy, I honestly feel like this whole episode, this was the idea. It was like, you know what we need? We need that adorable Raven Simone to yeah. do a lip sync like Rudy did. But I don't know, we don't know what else to do. So here's 19 minutes of discussions about witch doctors. Two minutes of lip sync. Nailed it. Nice. Yeah, leaving out all the tangents, give us the... I mean, you kind of just did, but give us the quick 
plot capsule. What's, it's a, what's, the, it's dro- what's the conflict here? It is really bizarre. Yeah, it is. Uh, what is, what is uh, Raven's character in the show? Olivia. Olivia. Olivia comes down, and she actually nails it. I'm, I'm going I'm to give her some acting chops here. Her voice sounded sick. That was really good for a little kid. Yeah, maybe she was. I didn't maybe she was sick. It. And maybe they, but it, it seems pretty. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. So she can't sing, and she was excited to sing for uh, a, a very special visit from... The grandma, and grandpa. grandma and Grandpa, the Huxtables, Grandma and Grandpa Huxtable. Yes. Uh, come to visit. She's gonna sing for him. She can't. She lost her voice. Oh no! Ugh. But she wants to so bad. So maybe that's the nightmare. Maybe that is. I mean, it's unavoidable that that right. could be. It's not very nightmarish. No. Meanwhile, some yeah. random character who has not, compl- not random. Not random. Back <laughs> Full up. season seven and eight. But I forgot her name. Pam. All the seasons of the, who Are you happens? talking about Pam? Is Pam. that the rando you're yeah. talking about? Who is Claire's cousin? Claire or Cliff. Man, I didn't take very good notes on She kept calling him Cousin Cliff, but you know. I sometimes call my cousin's spouse as my cousin. So sure, you call guys way. at the gas station cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. I often call my roommate cousin. Um, Anyways, so Pam shows up. Are you going to say that maybe the nightmare is the, the rowboat soup that oh, she makes? Maybe she's making some awful soup. Well, she thinks it's good. Cliff thinks it's awful. He but makes a bad face, but Theo... Theo's okay with he's it. He's okay with it, but... I don't know. Is there any... Do they ever... Was, what was the point of that, really? I don't know. Uh, I think it was maybe so uh, Bill Cosby could make some faces, which seems to be yeah. the height of Cosby comedy in the 80s. Totes. It's odd. Yeah. But then not much more happens. Then our new character, who... I don't Pam. think... I think if you pulled, like, ten Cosby watchers from the 80s and 90s who haven't revisited it, would have okay. no memory of Pam. I bet, like, I nine out of ten right. of them, no memory. Like, what? Pam? Yeah. Who's Pam? Maybe not, though. Well, no, I mean, it, clearly Pam is um, a companion piece to Olivia. Although Olivia's, you know, people remember her because, you know, now she's an actor. And she's pretty fun and cute, and she's the new Rudy, and everyone liked Rudy, and so on and so forth. But essentially, they're both part of the Cousin Oliver syndrome, which you're familiar with. It's funny, her name's Olivia, right? (gasps) Like, that's a direct Do you think it was a nod? Maybe. Because it's pretty obvious. Cousin Oliver, in case you don't know, is from the Brady Bunch. When it started to go downhill, they, they dropped him in. It's a common trope in television sitcoms to do that. Now that I said that, is it on the Brady Bunch? It is the Brady Bunch, yeah. Oh, thank God. It's not, sometimes it's done successfully. Like what? What's a good one? Uh, well, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is some sitcoms continually bring in new characters and they're funny and they add something. Okay, but I just want an example. Of a good one? Yes. Ah, shoot. I'm dying. Uh, you know. All I can think of is bad ones. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like, that's bad, too. <laughs> what, you were going to say Mork? <laughs> Mork? <laughs> no, I'm thinking, I think it's done more often than... In contemporary shows, to a better, to more success. Like I mean, if you think of like Community, Continue just brings in new characters. Okay, it, it sure. never feels devastating or yeah, like a cash grab. But I still have to say I didn't like season six or five as much as the other four. Okay, just a quick Community corner. Uh, I liked um, five and six better than season four. One with Dan Harmon. Yeah, season absolute. four was okay, fine. And I liked the new characters on season six. I think what we should do is just rank community seasons and episodes. <laughs> First seasons, then episode. No, that's okay. a good idea. That's what we'll do for the next yeah, twenty minutes. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure it can be, like Mash did it pretty successfully. Okay, I believe you because I've never actually watched Mash. What are you? talking You know, it was the show for me that came on, and as soon as you heard the 
it was man, I time just, to clear out of the living room. What the? What did you go do? Probably played with GI Joes or Barbies or something. At ten thirty at night. Well, that's the thing. It was syndicated in the daytime at this point, in my memory. So, the final episode aired in '83. I have no memory of it. Fine. I, I forgot that how tiny you are. Yeah, I'm just a I'm just a wee boy. That's okay. You don't know much. But in fact, I think the final episode was aired the day my wife was born. Holy crap! And my father-in-law was sincerely de- depressed. I bet he was. Because it wasn't like now. I gotta go to the hospital. Huh. Oh man. Oh. They better have a TV, and they probably did. Like. <laughs> uh, one of those little TVs down in the smoking lobby. Yeah. You know, but then it turns out there's like, yeah, no, 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 no. Not, this isn't like the, the Cosby problem. No. But Ding then, sound. <laughs> Bang. So ah. then uh, <laughs> Cousin Pam goes into the living room, which you'll remember. Mm-hmm. I bet most of our viewers can see it right in their heads. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. And there's three more Cousin Oliver characters mm-hmm. that just show up and leave. And literally, it felt like it was just filler. There was, was absolutely weird. no purpose. It was a little bit of a story within a story. It was a little bit of a, well, it was kind of soap opera style, you know, with yeah. like the B story. But Pam was the only transition, but then oh, she wasn't. So a, no, she was in the end, but yeah, it was weird. And it turned into a bad 90s men versus women kind of comedy totally routine. did. Man, we're, we're trying to recover from something we have to Something that is just Something mysterious that we'll never talk about again. <laughs> but trust us, it was smart and not at all insensitive to anyone. So cool. It was the right move. It was the right move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, so yeah, it turns into a bad jokes about how men and women are different, about remembering dates of all things. Yeah, what kind of stuff do they say? Like, there's one character. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, it's strange. Um, Really strange. I was I was kind of dumbfounded. To be sure. Honest. Did you have an, a theory? I felt like they didn't know what to write about, or like all the characters are gone, or I don't know what. I, I have no. Do you have a theory? Yeah, it's not a very good one. I mean, the episode is. I think you mentioned this earlier. The episode is a little bit of um, a mulligan stew, maybe a rowboat stew. Like mm-hmm. our character Pam is making. Which would have been a better title for the episode. Sure, I like it. Yeah. Just a bunch of crap thrown together, right? Because you've got <laughs> sick Olivia story you got that leads to lip sync set piece later. you got uh, the an- grandma and grandpa anniversary stories about witch doctor remedies for things. And then you got your set piece with the, the, the kids, the teenagers. And then you got Cliff's goofy faces as sort of the thread. So it's just like <laughs> yeah. a bunch of stuff thrown together. And I guess... They're thematically connected on some level, and that interior teenage set piece, I'm sure, is supposed to be a thematic mirror for the anniversary of Cliff's parents, right? Um. So here's the anniversary of these old people, and then the whole conversation the teenagers have is, do you remember the first time we did this? You know, and and they have a weird sort of really detailed quiz session about, do you remember the first time we hold hands? And then the, the Pam's boyfriend, who's is what, has this really clear memory of all those details mm-hmm. and then Charlene is Pam's friend and she has a boyfriend with another name uh, and he has a bad memory and so all the jokes are about the, the the concerned boyfriend who's good and then the dumb boyfriend who's bad and then the grandparents come in later and they remember a bunch of stuff Okay. And so that's that's good job. It's like a foil, no, a that's, thematic foil, but yeah, that that makes you mean like the the first outside inside last foil. Yeah. Okay. Except that it's just so awkwardly located in the middle of the episode that it's the odd. teenagers, especially because I don't 
who are these characters? Do you think they had prominent runs during the seventh and eighth season? They all have credits for seventh and eighth season. Huh. So I assume, yeah, they're kind of threaded in like the like the other folks. You but know, you got to give Cosby credit at this point that he was often seemingly, even though there's lots of weird stories, mm-hmm. that uh, he seemed to like to give other people a chance for a laugh. It seemed like completely. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the word would be. Like, all the jokes have to be his. Like, he's only in the episode for, like, seven minutes. That's true. Unless it was the opposite. He just wanted to make money and do little work. Well, there's, I suppose, that's a theory. Who knows? It was weird to see Tempest Bledsoe uh, only in there for, like, ten seconds. I mean, she really was just briefly in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I remember uh, she was a a character I liked a lot when I watched it as a youngster. What's her character's name? Oh, my God. (laughs) I know you had that. Vanessa. 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 I couldn't remember. That's why. I was like, what is her name? Was Rudy in there? I don't remember. Rudy was in there. She she was mime drumming. Oh, that's right. And she has a brief intro at the beginning. Both of them do. To introduce to us that it's an anniversary for their grandparents. Yeah. Um, so the grandparents show up wearing masks. Yeah, that's weird. And that's supposed to be a joke. And also their friends are there. Yeah. That that's they so, many, so many people. Yeah, it's got to be like a Simpsons joke at the end. It was people bad. People piling in. And then, this was the best part. The part, Bill Cosby, or Cliff, Cliff Huxtable, comes up with the idea that even though um, Raven, <laughs> what's her name again? Olivia. Olivia cannot sing. Uh-uh. She could she lip so sync. But, you know, we don't know that. He doesn't say that. He's like, I got an idea or something. No, he says it. I mean, okay, so later we're going to have to talk about how how unintended, how much unintended creepy stuff there is in basically every line that comes out of Bill Cosby in the show. Yeah. But he says that they need to go upstairs and work on things. And he knows just what she needs. And it's just like, yeah, there's so much of that stuff in here. Someone should re redub this with audience booze in those moments. Like, oh, boo. I like it. That's a good idea, trademark. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and then in what seems to have been five minutes, Cliff, Rudy, and Olivia create a pretty elaborate lip syncing. Yeah, full costumes. And Olivia's memorized the lyrics to an obscurely old. It's not super obscure. Okay, but yeah. I mean, you're probably right. Yeah, but it is dodgy. The content is dodgy. It's not sexualized in 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 that sense, but it's a song. I'm a woman. It's an adultification of a kid singing adultish lyrics about mm-hmm. womanhood and so on and so <laughs> So the artist obviously was Coco Taylor. Obviously. But I didn't want to make you feel bad Thank by you. knowing that. Thank so, you. Yeah. Yeah. So they do the lip sync and I don't know, this was something fun about the the sitcom Wait, what? Uh that because sitcoms were always set up so that the couch is facing the audience, sure. the live studio sure, audience. Sure. Did you notice that everyone was still sitting on the couch? But they were performing on the steps, so they were all awkward. Uh, <laughs> doing this. That's an excellent point. That's I ridiculous. I didn't. Have you would not. Have, you would that. not set up that sort of a. I was just thinking about how funny it would be to, if all those sitcoms had the couch facing away <laughs> from the audience. That would be awesome. That'd be just the best. <laughs> you just watch the backs of people's heads. It would for make. Minutes. It would make Big Bang Theory more tolerable. Sure, I don't even. Bazoinks or whatever yeah, it says. The Bazinga. Big Bang Theory. Baka baka. Waka waka. So anyway, that's how it ends, too. It's yeah. got a weird freeze-frame ending. Yeah. Executive producer Dick Wolf. Dun-dun. That's right. No, that doesn't no. happen. I don't know who the executive producer of The Cosby Show was. Probably Bill Cosby at that point. Probably. 
close to uh, The Cosby Show ended its run in 1993. Season 7 is what, 91? No, it would have to be 91 or 2. So this is right towards the end. Yeah, and uh, you can tell. Uh-huh. Oh, well. So, uh, that's, that's pretty much the episode. It wasn't awful. It's not like the other stuff we've done. It was fine. The episode itself. Yeah. It wasn't great. Yeah, like I said, a little scattered. I mean, it wasn't a singularly focused through line or anything sure. like that. Yeah. Lots of vignettes and character bits. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's always throwaway episodes in almost every sitcom because of the awkward expectation in the United States to have around 24 episodes. Yeah. Which is kind of high. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe there were a couple of gems that season. Probably were. Probably. I mean, it won a bazillion Emmys. Yeah. And that kind of brings us to the other part of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if we stipulate that this season seven wasn't the peak Cosby, that's probably season three, four, or something like that. Shows seem to hit their stride around then. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I remember. Those are the ones that won most of the awards, that middle stretch. So even if we stipulate that, the question is, what, 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 do, you, what do you do with the Cosby show? Can you watch The Cosby Show? Can you like The Cosby Show? Is there a way to watch it without thinking about Cosby? Where, what, what's your initial position here? I'm not going to lie. I, one of the first notes I took watching this was how sad I was to see, you know, uh, this figure who, honestly, I always looked up to in a lot of ways. I always found him to be quite funny. Did a lot of groundbreaking things. Seemed like a genuinely nice person. A little backward sometimes in his politics. Mm-hmm. But... I was I was genuinely sad, but that's uh-huh. not really like answering the question. That's just my initial reaction. I was like that that's what was happening behind the scenes that we didn't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd, one there was an article on Huffington Post by the culture writer named Aziba or Zeba Blay. I've never heard it said out loud, so I don't know. But anyway, the title of the article was something along the lines of "I rewatched the Cosby Show and it was brutal." Oh, uh, and I think you know that kind of suggests what you're saying that it. What what can, can you give? Can you elaborate on that at all? Oh yeah, sure. So her experience was pretty much the same. Um, that going back to it, she had been nostalgic for it and was was sort of fearing that either she'd watch it again and it would be terrible and destroy her nostalgia, or she'd watch it again and it would be really great and then she'd be ethically conflicted. You know that that would destroy her nostalgia the other way. And she just talks about how important, like everyone does, everyone writes. In fact, there's a 2014 article in, um, oh boy, I didn't write down where. Anyway, it's somewhere. Mm -hmm. It was Time or the New York Times somewhere, I think New York Times, uh, by Jake Flanagan called Why Cosby Matters. And like uh, Zeba, Zeba, Blay, the article is mostly about the role of the Cosby show in uh, the African-American community, in the television landscape, in breaking barriers in all kinds of different places, etc. There's an episode of Pioneers of Television on stand-up comedians that makes the same point about The Cosby Show, also from 2013-14, right before all this mm. hit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's one side of it. Um, but then Blay also goes on to say that the problem is trying to distinguish Cosby, Bill Cosby, from Cliff Huxtable, and ultimately she decides it's really hard to do and that it's really impossible because he's mm. so involved in it and because he used his Cosby show persona allegedly to leverage ladies. Oh. Like That was part of how it worked, part of how he put people off guard. So it's really complicated. She says it doesn't make you a bad person to watch the Cosby show and like it, 
but it makes you a bad person if you defend Bill Cosby because you like the show. Mm -hmm. And that seems like a reasonable place to go. You know what's odd is there was a YouTube comment that almost said exactly that, which for YouTube is essentially the equivalent of winning a Pulitzer. A Time Magazine piece by Justin Worland, also from 2014, picks it up and he takes a different tack. Um, I mean, he starts by asking, he asks an ethicist, essentially, to, to answer this question, should I watch The Cosby Show or not, can I? He ultimately concludes that he can't, that the one of the effects of supporting the Cosby show is to um, ignore the, the the assaults, essentially to ignore the testimonies of the women who uh, who are who were assaulted by Bill Cosby, allegedly, I guess you have to say. Anyway, so he's saying that the, that's an ethical negative that outweighs the ethical positive of enjoying the show or the positive effect on the community at large. So... Mm-hmm. That's one way to weigh it. I guess sure. it's whether it, making progress at the at the expense of people's pain is worth it to you, depending on what the progress is. That that's the lever he talks about anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that you are not currently watching the television show Blackish, no. which is sometimes I would say almost unfairly compared to the Cosby Show, merely because I I feel like the only comparisons a lot of people are making is because it consists of African American family. In a sitcom, which is just depressing that that's there's been that few mm-hmm. that we have to make that sort of a comparison. But it, in other ways, it is a fair assessment, and that I think that it's been influenced by it heavily, and it's a fantastic show. It's really funny. Um, but they have a whole episode dedicated to the Cosby Show. Um, it's worth watching. Cool. Just a separate thing about like how much it affected all of them when they were kids. You know that that was was this changed things for them. What's the context of the episode? I don't think the cause that episode, if I remember right, went into the Cosby problem. Mm. It was right. more about it was more about Claire Huxtable. That's what you know. The this writer, uh, the time uh, Jake Flanagan. That's what his focus is too. Interesting about Claire as the important character in the well, show. That's kind of what I think. If I actually, I should have rewatched this to get a better thing. But I think that the the. the parentage and then one of the girls name is Rainbow that's the wife's name is Rainbow she goes by Bo adorable she's hilarious she's uh, Tracy Ellis Ross Tracy Ellis Ross is Diana Ross's daughter okay uh, and she's a, a medical doctor in the series uh, and talks she's about, like uh, no Claire was a lawyer Claire was a lawyer yeah but she talk, talks about the Claire effect on the African American community in the 80s for girls man that kind of makes it even sadder that right? the whole thing is compromised by you know an aggressive rapist right man but yet this man doing that thing was partly responsible for helping create this character right so true that's confusing I mean obviously there's not going to be much of a a chance for the Cosby show to have an effect on people moving forward I mean people who don't already know it because mm-hmm. it's been pulled off of every streaming service and it's hard to find on YouTube the only things you can find are those few episodes from season 7 yeah, and maybe who knows why that that would be available. But I think people are even embarrassed to have the Cosby DVD collection from Probably. years ago. I think they're kind of like. So I've hidden my. I have a couple of the stand-ups that I've had over the years, and I, I no longer, they're no longer visible. Sure, incidentally, I mean the last time I was in a thrift store looking for I can't remember what, there were like a, whole, a shelf that was half full of copies of Bill Cosby's Fatherhood and, oh uh, yeah, you know other other Cosby stuff, and I don't know if it's. 
a coincidence. I was just noticing it or looking for it, or a lot of people sort of said, you know, I'm getting going to drop off my load of Cosby. I, I remember when my, when my <laughs> you dad... You know who needs this? Poor kids. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kids need it. My father, uh, I remember the Christmas he got fatherhood for... I got Christmas. it. I bought it for my dad one time, too. And that was a delightful encounter. Everyone was happy. Yeah. Shoot. Malcolm Jamal Warner, who had some... Speaking of community... Had yeah, and he was good in that episode, Great too. community. And he was good in the episode. Yeah. And I've often wondered why he hasn't had more of a career at post. Do you think that was by choice? I think he's done a lot of other stuff. You think he just I, I makes mean, enough money? That's probably... He's probably got good residuals. At least he used to. He used to. Right, exactly. And that's an unintended sort of... All of, yeah, all of these people that were relying on this... Pl- I mean, it's a lot of people. Sure, yeah. Tempest Bledsoe, Keisha Knight... Oh, I can never get her last name right. Pullman, Pull... You know, Ruby. Yeah. All, all the... That all kid, the, her friend, that didn't talk very much. Oh, yeah. He's probably... Piss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he had some great uh, recurring role on Community, though. Yeah, Malcolm Jabal. Yeah, he was fantastic totally. in there. But did you? He's we talked about a year ago. Maybe I should have refreshed when he when people were asking him what he thought about it. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. I remember, but I can't remember recall. Essentially, the nature of what he, he said. was saying. He wasn't defending it. He didn't know anything about it. But he was like a little bit. He raised the question: Why is Bill Cosby getting destroyed when you've got Roman Polanski, Woody Allens. Sure, that's a great segue, a good transition. But let me just say, partly it's because 60 different ladies have said Bill Cosby drugged and raped me. Perfect. So quantity goes a long way. Definitely. Although, in terms of quality, Roman Polanski is pretty awful. I mean, that's pretty terrible. And Woody Allen is, yeah... Well, let's just—I mean, those are the, those are the two other big entertainment ones that are sure yeah. that have the Cosby problem. And you'll have to go listen to the interview with Malcolm Jamal Warner because I think he made it more delicate than I just did. Sure, I think he was trying to be more sympathetic to the victims. Well, than one I thing that—I mean—to to be specific, one thing that's different is that Roman Polanski essentially admitted to raping, to statutory rape and an actual rape of a 13-year-old girl. That's a, that's horrible. That's not defensible in any way, shape, or form. And it's a really convoluted story. The, the girl filed a civil lawsuit against him in 1988 for, um, for all kinds of things. That's a, a terrible story. Then he dated Natasha Kinski when she was 15 uh, in, a, in a sexual relationship. So Roman Polanski is a proven, admitted pedophile predator, uh, at least in two different incidents, you know. Whereas Bill Cosby... Is alleged, but denying sixty different claims isn't all that, all yeah. that strong of it. I mean, he, more than likely, right? Bill Cosby's pretty much a rapist, probably. Because he haven't he even admitted that he had consensual sex with some of them? That's his. Isn't that his defense? Yeah, for part, yeah, some of them exactly. Okay. He's not as bad as Donald Trump yet with they're all lying, but <laughs> but it's pretty close. It's pretty yeah. much the same line. Sure. And then your Woody Allen. That is a crazy, messed up thing, right? That's, that's so Woody Allen is guilty of having an affair with his wife's adopted daughter, when she, who was in her late teens or 20s, so she wasn't a child. But that's pretty nuts. But then after that, it gets screwy, because the allegations against his molesting his 7-year-old at the time daughter 
are there's evidence that that came out of a hypnosis therapy session and Mia Farrow publicly threatened to destroy Woody Allen and I'm not saying that it's not possible he did those things I'm just saying as far as reasonable doubt and muddying the waters that's a pretty murky one clearly Woody Allen made bad choices and his sexual predilections are pretty unnerving and creepy you should never marry your adopted your wife's adopted kid um but it's not quite well I don't know you know I I get what you're saying you're trying not to sound sleazy I think, yeah. which is, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Yeah, it is a little bit murkier. Yeah, yeah, I don't want still sketchy, but and, murkier. Right, molesting a child is not okay. There's, there's no. no reason that that's okay. But that, yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't know what to say. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Cosby problem. Cosby problem. Free Jello pudding. Dessert is back and it's fat free. So I don't know. You know the, the, like in uh, in the broader sense of um, art and culture and all the rest of it, can you generalize? Do you have a generalized attitude about artists with the Cosby problem? Is there a metric you use? Is it totally idiosyncratic? <laughs> I mean, because Roman, I don't. Roman Polanski is loathsome. What he did was terrible. Uh-huh. Chinatown is still one of the best movies ever made. Rosemary's Baby is amazing. So. Is are, are we are we trying to figure out? Is there a way that you can look at criteria or whatever you want to judge something by the art itself? How well does the art stand on its own without the creation problem? Yeah, kind of. No, are we saying something else? Maybe. Like, is there a way that you can uh, like Cosby, for instance? Some people say, some people's line is, it did so much good for uh, African American community, so much good for changing the TV landscape for the better, so much good for a lot of other social and cultural issues that, you know, we just have to live with. You just have to ignore the, the Cosby himself and celebrate the product. Mm-hmm. And I think, certainly, I would do that, that with Chinatown. I'd say Chinatown's amazing. It technically predates his raping a 13-year-old, so, you know, it's not... He's not guilty at the time. I mean, that's a terrible justification, but... As a standalone piece of work, if you didn't know anything about the director, it, it, it is actually about incest now that I think about it. So it is creepy anyway, but, um, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, it, but well, it's such an iconic work of art. But on the other sure. hand, does, it, does that matter? Yeah, it's happening right now with this Birth of a Nation film. Yeah, tell it. I don't know if I know the story very well, but Shoot. the creator of Birth of a Nation... Not the original Birth of a Nation, the the new Birth of a Nation. Sure. Uh, is being accused of rape as well. Oh, really? Yeah, and so it's kind of made everyone suspicious of seeing the movie. Might have hurt its overall, sure. you know, Oscar chances or... Makes sense. ...money intake. Because apparently the movie actually has a central um, storyline about rape, which makes it even more Aye. uncomfortable. And it was invented as a fictional part to make the story better. Yeah, it's a lot like Zack Snyder, you know, who's also been accused of, uh, well, no, even can, like did time, I think, for um, ver- various sexual assaults, and then directed Sucker Punch, which, as soon as you see, you say, oh, yeah, this guy's probably some kind of gross sex pervert. This guy probably should go to jail for a while. 
Um, and so Nate but, Parker. Nate, Nate Parker. Parker. I'll just remember that. That's the creator. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't know about Zack Snyder, but that makes yeah. sense. I hope it's him, or else nah. that's, totally, <laughs> that's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. Oh my God, we didn't even think about Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there was just a joke on SNL like last week uh-huh. where Michael Che made a joke about that. About what? very thing. Like kind of what we're talking about, the Cosby yeah, yeah. problem. Green jello pudding. His joke was, you know. Essentially, the idea, I can't. You know, repeating a joke is like Understood. eating your own vomit. Uh, it's kind of like that. A little bit. Sometimes you have to so the bears don't track you down. <laughs> no, but the joke, he said it made it set up like all the horrible things Jackson did, and then he names his two lesser albums. I so misdirect, you see. I see what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah, that was tricky. I feel like with Cosby. Yeah. I'm sorry, with uh, the Cosby problem and J- Michael Jackson, the, the music's just so good that I'm just like. Uh-huh. Uh, it's really? You're well, yeah. well, that's how I feel about Chinatown. Okay, so maybe we're just making exceptions does, for things that we does like. Does that mean we're really bad people, maybe. Do you? Well, and the Michael Jackson allegations are murkier than Woody yeah, Allen's. Right. But, <sighs> uh, but that doesn't mean, I mean... So I was, that yeesh. seems a little, like, uh, legalistic. Like, we need someone to be actually actually convicted of something, even though it's pretty clear that they yeah. should be. Before we're able to say, oh, well, you know, they're guilty, so they're bad. Well, the only, I mean, with Michael Jackson, though, you've got, like, these childhood actors who he hung out with that were pretty screwed up, and they, one of which, Corey Feldman, is is more than open talking about the abuse scandals that plagued him. That's true. And he he always gives him a pass, and so does Macaulay Culkin. And Emmanuel Lewis. So, doesn't mean, maybe he just didn't do anything to them, but... Seems suspicious that he constantly had them at the Neverland Ranch and then it nothing does. ever happened. It does. Maybe he was just this weird guy, you know? Well, like I children. Think really, you think? <laughs> I think we can accept your, your <laughs> He's premise. He's a weird guy. Michael Jackson's a weird guy. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess we didn't really resolve anything. You know? No, it's just, that's why it's the Cosby problem. <laughs> Yeah, true. I mean, there are some examples, well, I don't know, like, other big-time ones like Lenny Riefenstahl, the filmmaker who was the documentarian for the Nazis, whose Yikes. work apparently is really good. You can, it's hard to find it, of course, uh, but that was a... Con- and then other Hollywood act- or uh, directors and, and actors of the 30s and 40s who were Nazi sympathizers or uh, worked under the direction of Adolf Hitler, etc., but made really good stuff. I mean, that's a, those are less gray, I guess. That's true. I seem like we we, we we seem to be... The Cosby problem seems to affect creators more than actors. Like, it seems like if you find out an actor is a horrible person post-filming, you're just like, oh, that actor's a creep, but this movie's great. Mm-hmm. But if it comes from the creator's mind, maybe we're a little bit more suspicious? Yeah, maybe. Because, like, you know, we just found out all the yeah. stuff about Clark Gable, but I don't know if that's really affecting how people feel about Gone with the Wind. Sure, or John Wayne, or uh, yeah, yeah. a million actors. Sure I mean, with, insert with any male people. actor here, probably from that era. Yeah. Okay, that's unfair. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, probably not. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, no way. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Um, well, part of it is, and uh, we were, I was talking to Susan Gosley, the creative writing director here. At Idaho State University. At Idaho State University, who runs Black Rock and Sage, the publication of Idaho State University. Anyway. Um, her point was that part of it for her is that the Cosby show is so explicitly a show about family values and morality and, and uh, that it's making a moral case for 
a certain kind of family behavior and so on. But it's so counter to Bill Cosby's actual... Mm. It's just the hypocrisy that makes it harder to deal with. Right. It's like I think it's the same problem that happens to a lot of Republican yeah, we politicians. About yeah, we yeah. They're held to a higher... Not a higher standard, but... When they when they fall, it's a harder fall. I think a sure lot because of that. Yeah, no, it's easier to be a Democrat and have sex scandals. That's right, been proven a million times. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, on the other hand, it's easier to be forgiven if you're a, a Republican. That's true. You can just say that you repented. But you're like, okay, that's that's legit for me. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. Hmm. Wacky. Indeed. <laughs> and now it's quiz time. <clears throat> what I'm going to do here is give you um, a crime that was committed, and then I'm going to give you three choices for who <laughs> committed this crime. These are convictions, not just accusations, Woo! right? So there you go. All right. Uh, okay. So first of all, your first crime is possession of marijuana, dancing naked inside your own house with the music up really loud. And your choices are Stephen Fry, British comedian, Matthew Broderick, <laughs> or Woody Harrelson. Um, no. Oh. And your fourth choice <laughs> is Matthew McConaughey, but that has nothing to do with any of it. Uh, that's weird that that's a crime, I guess? Yeah, it is, huh? It, the, the actual possession was the charge. Okay, the dancing. Disturbing the peace. <laughs> I don't know who that was. Um, Stephen Fry? No. Oh. It was Matthew McConaughey, the oh. pretty obvious extra last minute. Well, I know, but that was you're right. I should have I should have listened to that. My list is very confusing because mm -hmm. it wasn't intended for this purpose. But no, it was Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, it was really loud. His neighbors called the police. This is when he's pretty young. This is in 1991 or two. Oh, okay. So like right after, right before Dazed and Confused, even. What so about Leprechaun? Four or five or whatever it was. I'll have to double check. Okay. And so dancing around naked. Wow. Yeah. Now, Woody Harrelson was arrested for disorderly conduct for dancing in the street. Hmm. Was he listening I don't to know. the song at the time? I don't know. Uh, okay. Okay. So, was, next so up. 0 for 1. Those keeping track at home, how are you doing? I'm 0 for 1. So, what about somebody who was arrested for assault and right beforehand had been accused of threatening homeless people with a gun all over town? Your choices are Bill Gates, Kiefer Sutherland, or Vanilla Ice. Oh, that's hard. I mean, not the Bill Gates one, but Vanilla Ice, what? Vanilla Ice, or Kiefer Sutherland. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just did that for fun. I'm gonna go with Vanilla Ice. There. It is Vanilla Ice. Yes. Absolutely. That's horrible, man. And of course, he was uh, later. Uh, his charge was for assaulting his wife, which is pretty oh, awful. I, I, I sorry, I feel bad now. Kiefer Sutherland, you're, you're probably Kiefer bad. Sutherland has four DUIs under his belt. Okay, never mind. Go to hell. <laughs> well, that's not good, man. That is a good two should be more than you need. Bill Gates has been arrested, or not arrested, but charged with speeding on two different occasions, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. But it was on the list of Did you know they had done crimes or whatever? Okay, so we'll finally here. This person, there's a downer. This person uh, was charged with killing someone in Ireland what? as a result of careless driving and uh, ended up being fined $175 as a consequence that's of it. Steep. I know. Was this Christian Slater, 
Mark Wahlberg or Matthew Broderick? Matthew Broderick. It was, because it's always C on all of my <laughs> tests. Yeah, that's what happened. He was young. It was 1987, nice. so he was a, you know, a young actor. Went over to the other side of the road in Ireland, not paying attention, smashed into somebody, killed him instantly, 175 bucks. Wow. Yep. Uh, and who else was a Christian Slayer? Yeesh. Uh, has been charged with trumping a lady. Ooh. I know, right? Is that a thing now? Is that what we say? That's what we say <laughs> in public. Mark Wahlberg, of course, famously stabbed somebody's uh, eye out when he was 16. Yeah. Do you remember when uh, Andy Samberg used to do the Mark Wahlberg impersonation on SNL? Did he stab people's eyes out? No, he just talked to animals. Oh. He was like, hey, goat, how you doing? How's your mother? Except for it sounded like... Uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg. That's pretty good. That's part of the gig. That's part of the thing, yeah. yeah. That's a fun quiz. <laughs> yeah, great. That's sad, those uh, people. And, you know, most of them aren't people I... They're... Gonna be at. Like, Vanilla Ice? It's not gonna compromise my listening of Vanilla Ice. No. Bill Gates? You speed, Bill Gates. <laughs> you, you, keep doing, you deserve it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, so let's wrap up let's and get, say... Let's wrap it up. Let's do the wrap, so... It's time to wrap it up. No. Wow, that was fun. Yeah, I just did that on the spot. No, it was amazing. I know. I've seen your notes. They're extensive. <laughs> so, I don't know if we can answer this question. Does the Cosby Show hold up as an thing? Yeah, this one's harder. Yeah. Um, I think, had we asked this question three years ago, we'd have been like, that's oh, a fine example of 80s sitcoms. Sure. Probably not as funny as some, but no. definitely better than the majority. Absolutely. But the Cosby problem. Free Jello pudding. Dessert is back and it's fat free. Yeesh. I don't think I have an answer to the Cosby problem. I think I will avoid it personally. Yeah, me too. Not just because it was pretty mediocre. Yeah. But if you want to make sort of like the laziest, easiest moral stand possible, not watching a sitcom from the 80s is a pretty it's lightweight pretty simple. way to do it. Yeah, just I think it, it's an easy moral standpoint to say I'm not going to watch Cosby show. Even if you're directly hurting Rudy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, Rudy. Uh, would you show it to your kids? Is this thing we ask sometimes? Uh, no, but yeah. we could. I don't think... Uh, my kids wouldn't care very much. They don't like sitcoms and jam. Yeah, mine neither. But what about should they remake it? I don't even think that's a useful question. Cause no, you can't. Blackish is in some ways similar in the way that it's addressing African-American community issues in... The 20 teens. Interesting. All right, well, we've solved the Cosby the issue. Cosby problem is solved, but I bet the Cosby problem will come up in future episodes. But perhaps it will. Yeah. Now, if you have anything you need to tell us, you can email us at popperypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Facebook page called Poppery Podcast and the Twitter page called Poppery Podcast. But there's only one penis, so it's really Poppery Podcast. So just ignore that until I figure out how to fix it. <laughs> and if you want... You know, send us a response. What do you think about the Cosby problem? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we'll listen to it. Maybe we'll talk about it. Ah. All right. Stay greasy. Cause I know.